Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? What makes a podcast a podcast? Is it the topics? The way things start? Or is it something else? Something harder to describe? For me, it began in 2017, a classified project in the little town of Bakersfield. The podverse was desperate. Combining science and black magic, they intended to upset the balance of the downloads. I was 32. Along with my friend Nathan, we were already eager novices, learning from those established with shows of their own, soon to gain a third. I could never have suspected what would transpire that night would not only change the course of history, but give me the realest of feels. <laughs> oh, that was so good, dude. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Guys, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. We come to you every other Wednesday with a brand new episode featuring a different genre than the last. And I'm Drew. I'm Agent Nathan. This is Helljack. Oh, oh Well done. <laughs> I'll uh, take my six feedings a day, please. <laughs> <laughs> the chili's getting cold. Uh, Not hungry. Nachos. <laughs> That's the best one that he does. He's such a teenager. Mm. Nachos. Oh, Hellboy! I do, I do like when he does that. <laughs> if I was Hellboy, my version of the baby <laughs> cured, Ruth cured would me, be uh, like Nathan, like... Cured meats? No, no, no. <laughs> You're offering me a beer? Like, you just got some some loose beers, and I'm like, oh, Anna's back, huh? <laughs> uh, so we are doing 2004's Hellboy. Roll direct, it. Directed uh, by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. In the absence of light, darkness prevails. And ancient evil has returned. Greater than any the world has ever known. Sixty years ago, they tried to destroy the world. They're back. Now, one secret government agency... Welcome to the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. ...has been called upon... Hellboy. ...to stand against them. There are things that go bump in the night. And we are the ones who bump back. Are you gonna be okay? How big can it be? Didn't I kill you already? We're heading towards civilians! Destroy them! You should be running. It's coming for us! Hellboy. Second date, no time. And it's a good, it's a good one. I think, I, I like it. I think it's fun. Trailer's a little upbeat. I like it. It's a lot of fun. It, I don't really have a problem with watching this movie. No. Twice. Twice. It got a little <laughs> bit tougher. <laughs> well, twice in such a, a short, it rapid, was just, rapid fire. It's just a lot of Hellboy at once. 
And I don't think so. Okay, Lord of the Rings, I could watch that from front to back. Yeah, even The Hobbit, maybe. Oh, uh, I know, oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Or, I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> but I can watch the you know the trilogy very easily and just you know spit it out for what nine plus hours. Now, are you is- as snooty as I am, or you refuse to watch anything but the extended cuts at this point? Oh, it's oh, always extended I don't, cuts. Oh yeah. Is there? St- <laughs> I mean, do they even sell the other the original? Like, is that even anymore? It was on Netflix for a while. I think the Fellowship was, and, and was just, uh, every was, time they normal. would scroll by, I'd be like, not the extended cut. <laughs> She'll keep going. She'll keep looking. Mm-hmm. But but a couple hours of Hellboy, and I got enough Hellboy to not go, ooh, there's a second? Come on, <laughs> put it on. Have it you was, seen the second? No. It's, it's fun. I enjoy it. And it's still Guillermo del Toro. You know what it is? It exhibits a lot more of his creativity, because especially of like the, the fairy night market. Yeah, and that, yeah, it's got a very Neil Gaiman feel to it. Yeah. Very Neverwhere. I, it scratches, the first one scratches the itches for me with the, the occult, like Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. Nazi stuff that's straight out of yes. my childhood and you know, Mecha Hitler, you know, gotta take him down. Um, <laughs> I think Cronin is a great character. But uh, upon the second watch through and subsequent subsequent watch throughs, there's just way too much whirling of his blades. Oh, like it's way too over the top. And I even checked to see if it was yeah. Ray Park who played Darth Maul. I was like, oh, seems a little Darth Maul-y right yeah. now. Like <laughs> so many, so many times where he's just like, especially not even like whirling his like. What are those things? What are they? What are they called? Do you remember what they're called? They're almost, they're almost like Tofanas. Tofanas, like the knights, the knights, the nightstick blades. Yeah. So like, there's those. There's the blades that are actually like in the wrist when he like shing, you know, he spreads them out. So many times Very when he's Assassin's like Creed. when he's like armoring himself, like he just like he presents the blades or he gets ready and he's doing the troll, and I'm thinking, shooter! Or shooter! Or just go up and stab him. Don't like display your blades, do a nice little like, you know, ninja pose, and then slowly walk up to him. Like, no, just I- go. Kill him. I'm I'm convinced that if you distill the sound effects out, there is a good five minutes of <laughs> you know, swish swish of the leather. I want I want the same sound effects from Cronin's blade whirling to go with the old YouTube video of the Star Wars guy. Oh god, with like that broomstick the or broomstick. whatever he's got. <laughs> yeah. But I like the clockwork. Sort of steampunky. Uh, That's a fun concept. But then again, you you juxtapose that with the horrible CGI eyes that are in some of the scenes yes. where like he's got his mask off and it's like like regular makeup and then like these are they CGI? goggles. Oh yes, they are. Are they CGI? Oh, I thought the they were. Just, they I thought the are. eyes were prosthetic, like uh, actual uh, prosthetic. We can go back and do re- re- rewatch. That's but there fine. are a couple scenes where like they're just horrible CGI eyes and like the scene where Hellboy crushes the red bull can it's just the worst cgi oh because yeah some of it Um, oh the cgi for this may have been okay at the time it certainly wasn't attack of the you know like the prequels hello there quality even though that was it wasn't the best yeah but but it's just not good like the the intro where like the different um headlines are coming at you like the computer generated very computer generated tracy like it it's really bad like the cgi did not age well for this film at all no it didn't and there was actually a couple of times when i thought you know what if i was watching this back in 2004 i just got out of high school or i'm just get you know in high school yeah you know this maybe Maybe would have held up, and I would have been like, "Oh shit, this is 
got some cool effects, uh, like when he's getting like sucked into um, the portal. But then I thought, you know what? This is video game quality. It is. This is very yeah. like wonky video game summoner uh, type effects from like Would Rasputin get sucked in and yeah, his body like, like use backward? Like, it's like, oh god, this is so bad. Yeah, but at the time. It was really good. It is. I mean, like, even the entire scene on the island where they are trying to, you know, storm in, stop them from summoning, essentially, like, Cthulhu light. And they find the loudest non-commissioned officer in the U.S. Army to go with that them. That is the stupidest thing. I, like, he's yelling at them, and they're telling him to be quiet, but he's screaming. He's all like, up until last week, I haven't even heard of the word paranormal. Eh. Like, paranormal. Shut eh. up. It's like they're, they're leading this secret mission on, on stealth and, and guile. And he's like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Rosary! And then there's a guy taking pictures like, oh, this is going to be good for the National Geographic that I'm going to, you know, present. Like, no, (laughs) stop. (laughs) We need pictures. He's like, you take one more of those and I'm going to shove it up your ass. It's like, no one needs documentation of this. Yeah. Although, okay, so back to the villains really quick, because I I did really like uh, Corin? Cronin. 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 I loved his concept. I loved that he is just this kind of silent, like, (laughs) I kept guessing if he was, like, he had robots, and that's why, like, when he said, like, I see the puppet, but where's the The puppeteer? puppeteer. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, this this guy's a robot the whole time, like, he just has a bunch of these guys? Oh, no, he just is weird, and... It's, It's definitely Rasputin's magical, like, his will. Like, the, it's the magic in, in Rasputin to keep him alive, because even Father, you know, John Hurt, his character, he even says, he's all like, what will yeah, could yeah. keep a man alive for this long? Because, I mean, nothing is nothing's really killing him. He has no blood. You know, it's only dust inside. And it's all the mechanical steampunky kind of clockwork uh, essence that's keeping him alive. So, But his girl's still alive. Like, still right, because remember, young, before he gets sucked in, he says, like, he says, I grant you with eternal life. Yeah. It, was anyone else, else bothered that there was Elsa from the Last Crusade, and then they just really changed one one vowel? It's like we'll call her Ilsa. Yeah, we'll just change the e to an i. I. I think I was more concerned with the fact that there's again a lot of blatant kind of like plot holes that I think you're supposed to just kind of like smile and nod to. Where he's all like, "Take this book." It will bring you back to me, whatever happens tonight. And thinking, so you have a book just in case, like, shit goes awry, which will lead you to a sacred, like, underground labyrinth. Not even even underground. We shouldn't be here. Where's my Nazi gold? It's like, it's like in, yeah, it's like in the mountains, frozen, but it's, but it's massive. Yeah. It's massive. Like, how do you not find this thing? How is this possibly hidden? And then he even says, he's like, we shouldn't be here. Stab, and then of course the blood that pours out. I'm thinking, oh, Tim Burton must be blood part for of the this. blood god for the blood, but like an insane amount of blood for the amount that like is trailing like, through. I the don't even know thing. if humans have that much blood in them. Like yeah. that's well, but they like insta kill him. Like he should have writhed around a little bit and be like, got a bitch. little bit closer. <laughs> Yeah, like to the center. It's like, yeah, so we don't have to have that much blood, like, go all the way there. Although the effect looked really cool, and I was, uh, you know, I was happy with him coming up. And the was- makeup in this movie, you gotta give it to them. They they do very good work. There's different pieces, especially if you watch the director's cut, where when he comes up out of the blood, and she looks at him, and she's all like, oh, your eyes. What did they do to your eyes? And it's like, you were clearly there. Did you not see them just like pop out and get sucked in with him. Yeah. 
but whoa. But either way, like, I mean, he had, like, a fallback plan that, what, was to take 30, 40 years? Well, I mean, he had also been, at that point, when he was sucked into the void or to hell, had been historically stabbed, shot, hung, poisoned, and then tossed castrated. off of a bridge, yeah. castrated. Drowned. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rasputin, uh, you know, advisor to the Romanov family, did not die. And I, I, that's, what I, that's what I do love when, you know, uh, John Hurt's character is talking about Rasputin and then talking about Hitler. And he's all like, finally, 1954, Hitler died. He's like, I would have loved more of that. That would have great. The I mean, paranormal great. wars? I and think he's all like, it? yeah, the paranormal wars. He's like, it finally came to an end. And I'm thinking, how? What? What is it? And I just love it. He's like, no, 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 he didn't die then. He died here. He's all like, did he? And he turned around and walked away. I loved the, like, look at him. He's all like, you're so cute. You must be new. What I would have liked when they got to the, like, the Tomb of Horrors in Moscow mm-hmm. is a demon with the voice of uh, um, the guy from the, the the famous author. What was the name of that movie? Like, View to a Murder or uh, Truman Capote. Truman Capote. Truman Capote, who's, like, crawling around like, we've we've gone ahead and separated you now. You're in my... <laughs> You're oh, in my tomb of horror. You mean murdered by death? Yeah, murdered by watch. death. Yeah. Like <laughs> they did it. Like like every time something happens, like <laughs> I see you've escaped my spike pit, but we've got more in store for <laughs> you. Could you, could you imagine your good morning? She's like, that's not dying. That's just falling. Or when the the door closes and the pendulum starts turning, like like tick tock, tick tock, gentlemen. <laughs> Like something to explain why they might want to shift into high gear because <laughs> he throws a gear because that's a one-time bridge. Like you Bad can pun. you can never use that bridge right. again. That's a one-time bridge. Yeah, and again, more of the how did this possibly get built and somehow completely ignored, especially with it was what the this Rasputin's very own cemetery somewhere in like the tundra of Russia, completely abandoned. Left alone, no one is tending to it. Yet, also everything else is covered in snow, but not like everything that is uh, in the cemetery. But either way, like it's it's the idea that everything underground somehow built, somehow forgotten. I did like the reanimation. I thought that was a cool little thing. Yeah, but then again, like they don't really go into it. Like, oh yeah, there's tunnels that uh, below here that go for miles. Like, how does he know that? Did he work on it? Like, if he had been a worker and he was executed to keep the secrets then yeah he would kinda know like, that but like the great wall yeah exactly like where did where did that information come from and they only used him the one time and then carried him around and then he get knocked into the void along with <laughs> one of the the other guys one of the agents as he's falling <laughs> like he's like i stayed i would have stayed better off dead and that was the director's voice oh was it really yeah <laughs> there's that Gilmo? the director <laughs> did the the russian and he also did hellboy's baby like squeaky bah, bah, bah. oh Okay. okay. Speaking of Hellboy, Ron Perlman, out of Perfect. everyone, I honestly think he commits so hard to this character, almost to a fault. Like, he just gives it his all. And I think that he, there was not maybe the the script, even though he, he does really well with what he's given on this, um, some of the dialogue is astounding. I love it. Other parts are, I mean, just complete misses. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. And but I mean the the practical effects with bringing us Hellboy were were pretty amazing. Right. I think it was like 4 to 6 hours for the him makeup. to get into that makeup Oof. and for Abe Sapien it was even longer where if they were shooting the next day they would leave some of the prosthetics 
on him so they didn't have to go through the trouble of removing them and then putting back on this day. Well, for Doug Jones to be in the suit, you also not you had the eyes covered. Mm-hmm. You had see like Hellboy, I mean I can I can see taking a long time to putting on all the prosthetics, all the red, anything like that. But Ape Sapien, it's textures. It's the flow of like actual like fish skin. A lot so, of I mean, logic him, that uh, Hellboy is missing. Hellboy is more of an emotional, you know, from the gut sort of a guy, and Ape Sapien sort of juxtaposes that nicely with logic. his his logical sort of approach to things. But sometimes, like when he feels the door, and he's like, "There's a dark evil behind this door." It's like, "Well, no shit. That's why they brought us here, Ape." Yeah, come on. But <laughs> thank you, Captain Obvious. Something behind evil, hungry, and then ancient. Didn't you guys want him to have like like a, a merman like belt knife he or had something? Nothing. So that when he gets slapped around underwater in the cistern, he at least had like a mode of defense in the reliquary. Did nothing. It went, uh, he well, it fell it off. On, he puts it on his hand, which I'm like, okay, that's the dumbest spot for. It's more of a nipple piercing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but around, <laughs> mostly you do it around your neck. Yeah. You, know? you wear like a necklace. And then if you need it, you reach and grab it. And there you go. No, I'm going to put it on my hand where I'm, or nipple, and let it kind of fish around and get caught on something, lose it. Well, there there went that. But it was for protection, and it never did it, anything besides falling off. Right. It didn't really protect him until it fell off, and then suddenly you see, you know, the one and two semi-Ls, like, swimming underneath uh, the in the water. In the comic books, Ape Sapien actually, like, goes around wielding a gun. Like, so, I mean, he's, he's a lot more, like... Active in his, uh, you know, I guess the the ventures of the of the agency. But please tell me it was a six shot gun that they called the Deep Six. Ooh, I like that. And it was like a handgun. <laughs> but I mean, but I, I do I do like the character of Abe a lot. I really enjoyed the fact that it is our uh, our friend David Hyde Pierce doing once again another voice, which he did not want credit, credit for. for. He was like, "Hey, don't talk about me." Which uh, all the hell that Doug Jones went through to pull that character off was was you know quite David Pierce is a mensch. Yeah, and I mean that's and that's what it is. Like it's I, I I love Doug Jones's work when because he is the creature feature boy. He is the guy who you know Abe Sapien. He is Pan from Pan's Labyrinth. He uh, did the uh, the solid figure of Sauron in the Hobbit films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like his the Shape of Water. He was, was also the actor in the Shape of Water. That's right. He was the actor in the Shape of Water. So I looked that up because that's not. Like the backstory of Abe Sapien, is it? No, 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 no. I thought it was. I was like, oh my god, crossover! That is like it's not. Everyone brilliant, brilliant. Oh no, they didn't do it. Never mind. Not brilliant. People were thinking that it was like the backstory of Abe Sapien, and it's not. And um, oh, what is he? Uh, Star Trek. He's in. um, Oh, he plays uh, the number one. Yeah, in the the new Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he. He knows how to get into character and, like, you know, move himself, feel around like he is a creature actor. Oh. Oh. Hey, oh is that it that time? Begin. Is, is that time? <laughs> well, gentlemen, what do we got? Oh, uh, we got a little bit of stuff around the horn. Um, Jack, what are you drinking? I've got uh, Mischief by uh, the brewery out of Placencia, California. Placencia. Uh, it's called Mischief. Mm. It's a hoppy Belgian style. Oh. Andrew. So I'm, so I'm being I'm being good. I'm being good. I have my my uh 
My Bitchwater Plus Perrier. On skonk de pie. <laughs> no, I'm, I've joined, uh, Nick from the Epic Film Guys and Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek and cutting out like all sugars, all added sugars and, uh, a healthy thing. There we go. Yeah. Mm. And I'm drinking. It's the only way to eat an elephant. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. <laughs> I'm drinking a New Belgium, uh, IPA, which is, a uh, Voodoo Rangers, um, Jucifer. Which is very fitting for our devilish yeah. film, Hellboy. So, and so is my mischief. And New Belgium, I do enjoy their their other offers. It's quite good, but it's uh, it is quite hoppy. So I understand why you may not. I am not a hoppy person. So that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I I think with certain, especially with comic book movies, more so than you know the movies of novels and brought to life. I think with comic book movies, you have a certain expectation of how a character should look, and especially the actors that are going to portray them. And sometimes the the casting is just fantastic. Sometimes the casting is just dead wrong. Well, and did I think, you have any qualms about the casting no, for this one? No, no. I think Ron Perlman as Hellboy is great. I, I think Doug Jones, obviously doing the body and the movement for Abe Sapien, good. I actually really liked David Hyde Pierce's voice mm-hmm. for Abe. I thought it fit. And even though he wasn't CGI, I liked William Hurt as right as uh, Professor Broom. Right, and I, I think the younger person that they cast as well for him when he was, uh, you know, going yeah. to the island of Scotland. I think it was done well. Where the ley lines are, the <laughs> boundaries between this world. I tried looking up that actual abbey; it doesn't exist. Well, <laughs> oh, shocking! Selma Blair of you never know that plays Liz. Though I think maybe maybe her lines were the weakest because. Some of her dialogue, it was just felt, felt so forced, and it's hard not to see cruel intentions <laughs> in her. Like, I don't know if she's just that forever for me, but I'm like, oh, the girl from Cruel Intentions. Yes. I think that's what I've, I would have liked less of is like- Cruel Intentions? The, no, no, no. Oh. The, the, I said more. <laughs> like more the, Cruel Intentions. The angsty love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when she goes out for coffee and like he he follows them and then he's like making judgments on like oh he got her cream oh he got her she takes it black she, 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 like you no, throw she, shit at them and it's throwing like rocks at them uh, rocks at him like with say. pinpoint freaking accuracy no, like it, it no, just seemed like a, a plot device so that you could remove those characters from the uh, the Department of Paranormal Research and Defense. While William Hurt gets killed by Cronin, yes, mm. uh, and and that whole plotline, I would have liked to be a little bit more tidy and a little bit less angsty. Like you know, your notches are coming, and then your chili's getting cold, and then oh, I'm taking her out for coffee, and I'm not hungry. I don't need anything from you. Like you're not a fucking teenager, Hellboy. Oh no, he, but and I get, I get it because he is. Remember, he's, like he's writing he's in like his early twenties. He's writing like which I mean, I wasn't writing, but still, I was writing. I was maybe writing like songs to play for a chick to like get to know her, but like not. These are the top ten things I like about no, you. No, 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 no. You write. Your love song, you finish off those nachos and chilies, and you give her some demon dick. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, whoa. <laughs> you think that's the only horn he's got? <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> Love <laughs> it with the strong hand. Use but the tail for a little bit of, like, support. I, I think that's what this movie is, what held it back from being a good movie to an amazing movie. 
was the director's choice to make it PG-13. Like, mm-hmm. he made very distinct choices, like when the he was fighting, Hellboy, Hell, Hellboy was fighting Samael in the, the uh, subway. subway. He rips the payphone off the wall so you can see the quarters splashing around rather than blood to avoid the R rating. Whereas, if you had just made it more in line with what the comic books were, which were very adult and very gory, mm. I think we would have avoided a lot of that, like, teenage love line. Hopefully. And maybe less one, like, so many one-liners. They wanted every single thing to, like, land. They just can't all be winners. They just can't. Like, I, I do like the idea of him becoming so immature, like, during the time when, you know, he's Myers is trying to take you know, her out for coffee. But in, in who is he befriending? He's befriending a kid. Like, the person or people who are supposed to be more scared of monsters. But this is a kid who's all like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you're Hellboy. And everyone else is scared of him until he saves the kittens in the subway. But this is the only person that he's had the abil- uh, like availability to become interested in because he's always on lockdown. He's always shut. He's always shut in there. He finds some type of camaraderie with her because she's also a freak. Like, you know, in that essence, because she can have that, you know, pyrokinesis. And I don't know, like, you know, fire demon can't necessarily be. He's, he always call, he calls himself fireproof. Yet when he touches the top of his horns, they're really hot. I think that was just a <laughs> a movie mistake because it was overplayed. Yeah, it was I, way too whole, overplayed. Ow, ow, ow. But I mean, yeah. I, I think him getting jealous of it is I think it's appropriate. And it's comical to the sense where, like I said, he's throwing rocks with pinpoint accuracy. And I really wanted her to, like, notice it because she's so done with his shit. Like, when he throws the... But it doesn't like, matter the, because the director, she goes with him! Like, the director through the, uh, through the glass. She's like, mm, nothing's changed. <laughs> the thing that pissed me off the most about this movie was, like, the whole central plot for the beginning half of the movie was Samael and the fact that there were now multiple Samaels laying eggs in the cistern in the subway... And they went to the subway, they didn't do shit about them, and yeah. a bunch of agents died, and Abe Sapien got wounded, and Cronin still got away, and then they explained that away in one scene where they led to the Moscow after Broom had died, where they're like, we've collected thousands of eggs, and blah, 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 like, did did they though? Yeah. They just sort of, they <laughs> never showed, you? like, they never tied that up in a bow, it's like, oh, we've eradicated this like the Meth. thing that's on our doorstep that we need to take care of, but we're going to jet set out to Moscow and head out to the wilderness to some abandoned cemetery where guess what? More Samuels. <laughs> there you are. There so is there's a lot the of, you know, it was a big jump for me from yeah. one plot line to the other. And I, I did not enjoy that. With, with jumping from one plot line to another, it, it also kind of detracts from, like you said, like from the beginning where it's, you know, story, story, story. Yeah, let's warp this a little. Let's ignore these things. And then they continue whatever, you know, amalgamation of what the story actually is. In the beginning, they're trying to, you know, open the portal, summon Cthulhu light. And then suddenly that, you know, veers away and they can't bring on the, I forget, it's like seven demons that are like together. And that's the Cthulhu light. Seven gods of chaos? Or six yeah. demon bag. <laughs> so that was a so they big trouble little China <laughs> reference. <Yeah. laughs> so they can't bring them out. But Hellboy comes through, okay? Now, magically, there is this stone that his right hand can activate and unlock 
to bring in the seven gods again. So it's not like one and done. There's obviously multiple ways. But apparently Hellboy was distinctly made to bring on the seven gods. So why did he... I mean, like, obviously he needed the uh, the Stargate to bring in the seven gods in the beginning because he didn't have Hellboy. But how does he magically have the stone on Earth? Well, I and- mean, they probably thought that he was going to be captured by the Nazis and he'd be walking around with a, a uh, uh, an outdoor light torch at some point, but just didn't happen. I'm more okay with that. Yeah. Um, that they, like, send him, that they, like, yeah, go into the world and be another way to, for us to get in. Yeah. It just is sort of like the goodness of, of man. But they... Nathan, did you watch the reboot? No, I did not. Then we... You have a few... Uh, you have a couple of hours to watch it. Nope. Uh, I I'm, I think I'm good. I, like I said, I hellboyed out on this. And I'm sure okay. two and... Ignore, ignore what I told you yesterday. That it's like just as bad as World of Warcraft. It's not. It's not as bad. And you can even see the conversation that Jack and I were having via text. Yeah. There are good parts. I, I sort of think it's going to be sort of culty in the okay. future because it, I don't it know what people- for a sequel. I don't know what people were expecting. Like, it's a comic book about- a comic book movie about a demon that comes from hell and works for the good of mankind. And the I told Drew the first- cue that it was going to be campy was that Mila Jovovich was in it because that's like that's like red flag number one like yeah no this is going to be campy like that should have been that that definitely should have been the first cue because of like all of all of Resident Evil Resident Evil 12 you know yeah fifth element anything like that it I felt I I I think I feel that Hellboy 2004 has a much more fluid storyline and then the remake is slightly chaotic it doesn't necessarily have, I think, a strong plot, there are good points. And there are fun parts, like the giant fight, or when he, or like my favorite, like when he goes and he visits Baba Yaga in her, in her walking chicken hut. It, that's actually, that's really fun, because I just love the folklore behind Baba Yaga. What I liked um, about the remake was it was a rated R movie. So super, they were, super they were able to be more genuine with the actual source material. Like there was blood and gore left and right. I think that's it at its core. The plot holes, Yes, they were still there, but with Hellboy 2004, I wasn't as concerned with them. We're like, oh, well, this whole first part of the movie, we're just going to gloss over that. And we're going to Moscow! (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to sit in this crate the whole time. I... This, they put a little bench in there (laughs) Going to the end, this is where the movie... I think for me lost the majority of its points. Anything that it hit, any ground that it hit, had gained during the movie lost within a couple of of words. Well, let me uh, let me sum up uh, what you have missed uh, until Nathan jumps in towards the end. <laughs> Could have happened. Uh, blah 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 blah. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> You should be. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about with her dialogue is garbage. I love this face. Like, hit me. What? Hit me. And I'm thinking, okay, we don't have time for this. Yeah, it. Pinch yourself, do, you know, smack your head against the wall. That's I don't why know. she like, has the She likes what bands. she likes, all right? Yeah. She likes you know, to get She likes around. what she likes. And mm-hmm. I thought she was able to, like, control it now, and she can't literally just, like, 
phoenix this stuff and just like go off no you gotta it's a random amount of control where she's she can burn 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 but then she she goes like supernova each time maybe that's because they developed her character so minimally that it's (laughs) just like everything's open to interpretation (laughs) literally what kids are just throwing rocks at a girl that's that's already kind of deemed as a freak and then all of a sudden she lights on fire and they're like, and she's like, yeah, screaming, let's stick help ar- me. Let's help me. Let's stick around for this. <laughs> like, these, no. Have these kids not seen Carrie? Like, you don't do that. Leave the weird kid you, alone. You give her a piece of candy. Be like, a friend with them. In yeah. case, you know, even the time period where they're throwing rocks at her and she start, she's like, you know, catching on fire. I just wanted them to, wanted them to run away. Fire starter, fire starter, Sue Billy Moore. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Yeah, no. Well, have you ever seen fire starter? Long time ago. Okay. Oh, it's worth it. Oh, oh, it's got Rid- not Ridley Scott. What's his name? The guy oh, who the played weird, Patton. The weird guy, yeah. With like the one yeah, eye. Yeah, the one eye. Uh, he didn't show up to his uh, Academy Award for George C. Scott. Okay. Uh, who, who won an award for Patton, didn't show up for his Academy Award. He sent a Native American to accept it and refuse it on his behalf. He plays like, like almost like a henchman in Firestarter. Huh. He's like a, he's like a government official that is chasing them down because in Firestarter, it's the father and daughter mm-hmm. and they both have like the same powers. And so he's, he's there to try and get them back. You know, to continue the research and may possibly weaponize them because yeah. he can control it. The daughter can't control it. And it's usually like a sense of heightened emotion. That's why when everyone went to the church, I mean, spoilers for who hasn't watched Firestarter. Sorry, you've had like 30 years. And <laughs> no, he's, he's true. He's right. Yeah. Right. I mean, when they all like hide in the church and they're screaming like, God help us, God help us. And she just says she's crying and she's like, I'm sorry, daddy. And she just like blows up the church. She sends like a fireball right at the church. See, I'm kind of odd in that. I like horror movies when it's September, October. Just like I, I don't watch planes, trains, and automobiles unless it's Thanksgiving. The same thing with Christmas movies. You know, can't watch them unless it's you know late November. There's a time. Sense. There's a time in place. Uh, so this horror movie season coming up, Nathan, you need to come over, have some drinks, and watch Firestarter <sighs> because it's it is, it's really something. It's it's laughable, okay. but it's fun. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not. The line that killed, that, you know, put a lot on the double jeopardy and did not get it correct for me was when Myers (laughs) shouts, remember who you are. (laughs) And instantly in my head, Lion King. <laughs> like and Simba roars and yeah the pride lands get rain like no 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 Myers you are killing this movie <laughs> I, I do love now that when he chucks it to him and he catches it because he's gone full evil and he has his horns and his you know crown of fire that the cross burns into his hand so now he has a permanent like you know remembrance of his father i and it's just like in the remake when he rips the horns off the power goes away when he rips the horns off and drops the sword break the the dam release the water Uh, i can only imagine well but then it goes that scene you have a choice yeah (laughs) goes to further illustrate that ilsa in itself was just a a human MacGuffin. Like her only point was to shut up, get long line, <laughs> get take, long life, take hammer uh, to face, resurrect Rasputin, <laughs> and then just like get kicked in the face, and then hell has no secrets for us. 
Like that was the only line of, of import that she had. He was. I, I don't know why she was like cradling him because he was already either like on the. He was either going to die or he was already dead because he just had another you know small section of Cthulhu light just rip from his body. But this feels like everything has like, like the last season of Game of Thrones. Like you may have killed an insignificant <laughs> man, but you have given birth to a god. Like I'm not really buying this. Every, this everything seems to with this you know the cult of the you know the seven gods of chaos. Everything seems to have like a backup plan because as soon as you know Hellboy rips his horns off and he stops the process of you know C- uh, Cthulhu light coming down from the clouds. Rasputin's like, what have you done? What have you done? And I'm thinking, he already stopped, like, this already was stopped once. Do you not have, like, a backup for the backup? Oh, okay. Is the backup, like... The- Why did there have to be two the- locks? <laughs> Why couldn't it just <laughs> been the one? Yeah. It would have been more significant for the one hand to be the lock. Like, why does he have a stone right hand? He even said, like, why do you think you have this? Holy like, crap, look at that Whomper. Look at that <laughs> Your father gave you that choice. Like, oh, uh, sorry, I'm just going to keep hammering Meyer's crappy dialogue of this, like, weird adolescent <laughs> child that's just like. <laughs> when you, when you, your father gave you that choice and, like, a baby Ruth rapper should have, like, blown <laughs> by and, like, stuck on his face. That would have been pretty good. Like, oh, those are both things I like. <laughs> My dad and candy. <laughs> a baby Ruth rapper, but it's being carried by a kitten <laughs> walking across. A whole litter of kittens. Litter I of hate kittens. I did not like that he... That's did. what should have expelled from Rasputin. A litter of kittens. <laughs> Hellboy's room <laughs> if you kill me, must have had a little kittens. bit of a, a smell to oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh. Ooh, I didn't see any any, litter any hell litter boxes. <laughs> but then again, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been his responsibility. He's too busy working out, drinking Red Bulls, and watching product placement, uh, like old repeats of Liz throughout the oh, years. God, well, the, the Drew, creepiness. Red means stop. And he's, yeah, that room is very weird. And then he makes fun of Clay for having the, the plugs and plug. He's just I like, just love it. it's like oh, he's a, coming. I, I kind of like that. that I, was, but no, I love it. Was it. Was so I, I liked it's, that it's him and Clay I was thinking about doing it myself. Him and Clay are, are, are cool, and I, I wish that there was actually a little bit more of that, like Clay kind of being the older brother type of just like shut up, Hellboy, and like you know just that I don't know because he's a little bit older than him and. He actually, you can tell he likes Clay. Like, mm-hmm. he's cool yeah. with him. And he's like, oh, who's the new guy? Like, you know, just, oh, what up, Clay? Like, we got any good snacks today? Yeah, it should have been like. He's here to follow me around and fuck my woman. It's true. No, I mean. How do I like the cigar? No one showed me. That was kind of weird, like, at the end when they're having their. I love that. They're touching love. Ignore the man that died due to your indecision, but this is how you light a cigar. Although, that's right. I do love the fact that he's, like, left in the underground. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Hello? It's really creepy in here. <sighs> it's it's fun. I think it's a, it's a kooky idea for, you know, adapting a very bloody and serious comic book. And then to add the camp, not have it be inaccessible to a lot of viewers. I think the casting overall was done really, really well. I have no disagreements yeah. with the casting. Guillermo del Toro, I think, brings... Uh, a lot of his own magic where when you have would you say he brings panache there's a certain amount of because it was it was he was like dream project oh yeah it's it, he it turned was, down alien versus predator 
He turned down Blade 3 because he played Blade 2 and that was a smash hit. And then we saw what happened with Blade 3. Sorry, Ryan Reynolds. I think he still helped with Blade 3 because wasn't it he was like the creature effects design? I think. Like a. That sounds like an empty title. Like a Tarantino producer. The big producer. But it's definitely the idea. Thank you, JJ Abrams. When you think of certain fantasy and like creature type of. Like Tim Burton. Like Tim Burton has a look and a style. Guillermo del Toro. Gray. Has a look and a style. And lots of gray. Lots of gray. With hints of red. Oh, it, hints of red. And then, you know, there's like, there's that, there's literally a specific Tim Burton blood, as we remember from, oh. you know, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney. And it's the same type of blood that's in like Sleepy Hollow. Yes. But Guillermo del Toro has a style and a look about it. And I, 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 it's fun. It's enjoyable, which you get more of in Hellboy 2. I agree with you, Druanna. That's weird. Nothing's gonna stop Who's me that? from watching you Hellboy. <laughs> gonna eat my chili and nacho. Good day to you, my lord. <laughs> I don't know. Good morning, uh, Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> and kittens, my lord. We gathered these kids we? in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Segmantes? Segmantes? Segmants. We still need one. We do. Maybe I can find somebody to make one of those. All right, so, yeah. Like you have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in a Metal Gear Solid game? Who's there? Who's Ooh. there? Okay. All right, so we have... Okay, so for our first segment, all us freaks have is each other. What other monster-type creature, be it from a specific mythology, urban legend, folklore, do you think would be a great addition to the Department of Paranormal Research and Defense? Bonus option, who would play them in the movie? Nathan? So my mythological creature is the Wampus Cat. Which is a catty wampus? Catty wampus? Uh, yeah, that's where, you know, yeah, is that the new Harry Potter like it, house? So it actually is. It, it is in Harry Potter, Native but American that is an folklore. urban legend that is kind of you know almost like a a cat coyote type animal that you know would steal livestock and they would chop it up, kind of like the chupacabra. From you know, this was uh, the wampus cat, and his name for the group because I'm I'm bringing him into the group. Uh, his nickname is Church Mouse. You know, a little play on cat, okay. you know, mouse. And because um, he is stealthy and dexteritous, so he's quiet. <laughs> yes. Little church mouse. And he's loved by Hellboy. Abe kind of dislikes him because he's always trying to eat him. Because cats, you know, and fish. <laughs> and is easily burned by Liz, so he's not a huge fan of her. So there's a very weird connection and dynamic with each of the other people in the group. So I think he, like, he fits in. But yet, he doesn't really fit in. If we are going for full-blown comedy, John C. Riley uh, would be... Nice. Was, that was like what I was like, oh my gosh, that would I be like just it. a hilarious character. But the... Magic man. <laughs> <laughs> now you see me? Now you know. <laughs> uh, oh. But if I was going a little bit more, have not I did not look up his name. Uh, but the, the gentleman that plays Vision from the Avengers, mm-hmm. Paul Bettany, Paul Bettany would be. Uh, he may be too like smart sounding to be the Wampus Cat, but no, Church Mouse. But I think that he would his accent would fit into the group quite nicely. I I would like to see the Church Mouse. The Church Mouse. 
I think it'd be fun. Getting burned by Liz, like, ah, but then just <laughs> playfully patting and like clawing at Abe. You look delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I really, really want to have Warwick Davis reprise his role as the leprechaun. And <laughs> the leprechaun. Whoa. I think that would be just hilarious because one, not only would he have to deal with the leprechaun possibly going back and stealing the gold, stealing the gold back or the Nazi gold, the, the maybe, maybe he's stealing back Nazi gold. Okay. The Nazis took it. <laughs> All right. Something to do with uh, the fairy, uh, the fairy world could possibly be like, you know, wrapped around in this a bit fey. But now you have serious Hellboy getting very, very frustrated quite easily with a small little partner who only speaks in rhymes. And we I gathered th- this lore in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think it'd be hilarious. I think it would just be so, so funny. Hellboy. <laughs> Kaya. <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> Let me show you my disappearing gold trick. <laughs> it's not a daikini child. It's a demon. <laughs> Leave it. We can't touch it. <laughs> Only if Hell- Hellboy refers to him <laughs> as a peck. Out of the way, peck. Oh my God. Uh, please continue. I like no, it. I mean, that's really it. I, th- I think Warwick Davis reprising his role as the leprechaun would be absolutely hilarious. I think it would also kind of redeem the quality of doing movies like Leprechaun in the Hood. Ugh, yes. Yes. Semi. I've got two. Okay. Peter Lowe, Nick Cage, Vampire's Kiss. Mm. Uh, he is a he has had a change of heart and now only feeds on harvested livestock blood. He is tasked with infiltration and stealth, the vanguard that helps guide Hellboy to where he needs to strike. It would also be interesting to see the research interplay between Peter and Abe Sapien, given Peter's background as a literary agent and the insight into what might be written between the lines. Plus, low eyeballing Hellboy's menagerie of cats with hunger would play out for some humorous situation. The best part is nobody is actually sure if he's still really a vampire. And this becomes a running theme throughout the movie. He's actually a vampire or he's just skilled and batshit crazy. My second one is Frankenstein's monster played by Will Ferrell. Oh my Going gosh. Going full Yeah. I think that would be fucking hilarious. I mean, he's, um, he's, he's not going to be any Peter Boyle, but I mean. No, no, no. Just, just But he's just, his sort of, his. his that'd like, be really wonky. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would love to see a buddy up fight scene where the two of them are just laying waste to a room full of demons. Maybe give Will Ferrell like an electrical discharge power like Raiden from Mortal Kombat Ooh. or the one Fury from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That'd be funny if he had like a battery pack that he like, he, he, you know, turned he, it on, he but it didn't work, but then his, he had to like switch the batteries the right way. No, he hooks his, he hooks it up right to his. <laughs> yeah, his no, everybody yeah. can see that just the, the, the comedic interplay would be that could be funny. So much fun. Yeah. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. The next segment was a weapon by any other name. Hellboy is equipped with the Good Samaritan as his weapon of choice. Cronin has his Tonfa. Uh, what weapon would you choose as a superhero and what makes it special? I'm going to go with something Nathan doesn't know because Nathan doesn't read <laughs> at all. <laughs> It's a hard look, Nathan. Anything. It's a hey. hard look. <laughs> I'm going to go with a more 
Chies. The Redeemer's Blade and the Sword of Blood carried by Michael Carpenter in the Dresden Files series. Found out later in the series to be Excalibur, I've always had a soft spot for weapons blazing with the power of justice and righteousness and that will not function if the wielder intends to use it for malicious reason. Uh, you may compromise your beliefs, but the weapon remains stalwart. Ooh, well played. And uh, that was a that was a sword of the cross and had one of the the like the Christ nails embedded into the hilt. I seriously think Nate wants you to be traced in files so badly. Okay, I think you can you, would love you it. can walk right over to that bookshelf and there's like five Dresden file books you can take. Most of mine you. were were electronic. But you know how Anna, many Anna has you know all, times I've gotten through. Anna like, has all of the the actual physical books. God, I want you to read them so <laughs> Do the noted. Uh, my weapon of choice. Uh, and this comes solely from my love of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. The Chinese hook blades. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a lot of... <laughs> Clang, 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 <laughs> clang, clang. The Chinese hook blades, hook swords, are two of my favorite swords in almost any type of historical sense that is real that is brutal dangerous and just amazing uh their names would be called inch and mile uh, because um if you you know give an inch you might take a mile this is fun um because they can be combined anyways their uh, special power is that they are uh spring-loaded and can recoil to extend further and bring in all the way up to the hilts so that way uh you can both use them as like grappling hooks basically or just bringing the prey in closer yeah also some good cronin cronin shit right there it's it's a little bit of a taste on that but at the same time enough where um, I think someone can, it's not as, you know, the, the nightstick, the Tom Fah is like, that's pretty, that's very his style. And I like it. I do. I like it. True. So True. I would have the Ruyi Jingu Bung, which is the name for the magical staff wielded by the immortal Monkey King. Okay. So the staff not only. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> is that a crow? <laughs> <laughs> it's a crow monkey. Monkey crow? A monkey crow? <laughs> Chuck, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. I'm all down, dude, up. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Threw a bunch of Chuck's war medals away. <laughs> Dear baby Jesus, <laughs> I like, I like the, the baby Jesus best. <laughs> I like to think of my Jesus as like in a tuxedo. <laughs> I like to party. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm only, sorry, Drew. That's the Go only ahead. aspect of that actual movie I, that I enjoy. I love that entire movie from Save front me, Tom Cruise, with the magic. <laughs> <laughs> Help me we're required to say that we're, we're looking forward to Powerade's Mountain Mary Black. <laughs> <laughs> it was a man. He had a beard. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Drew. Drew. All right, Monkey King staff. Uh, it not only can, along with the Monkey King's like powers that it gives him, so he can grow to great size, the staff grows with him. And by the will of the of the wielder, it can, deal, it can dish out more power. It can also shrink down for uh, stowaway purposes to not be around. Which, when the Monkey King wants it away, he shrinks it down to, like, the size of a toothpick and he, like, sticks it, you know, behind his ear. I think it's a fun little weapon. It's handy. Yeah. And I've always, I've always liked, you know, you know, going, you know, out into the woods or, like, when I would go camping as a kid. Like, I love picking up sticks and, like, walking sticks and staffs. I also love the, you know, like, you didn't take the wizard's staff. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't deprive an old, old man, man of this walking, walking stick, stick, would you? 
You have no power here. You did not kill me. You will not kill him. I release you. The third segment, substitutes and scabs. Quiet down, people. My name is Mr. Abignail. That's Abignail, not Abignali, not Abignali, but Abignail. Rasputin has called in sick and can't continue with his world-dominating schemes. Who would take his place as the, quote, evil villain, and why? This can either be serious or cheeky and funny. Not Abignali, not Abignali, <laughs> but Abignale. <laughs> oh, substitutes. Nathan, you gotta take the helm, then. Uh, mine's serious. So if you guys want, yeah, you want me to go? Does anybody, does anybody have more than one? I know I've got one, but it is pure hilarity. Mine's okay. more but, serious, but twisted. Mine's pretty like ooh, history. So going with this uh, whole Elsa kick, Elsa Cock of the uh, the bitch of Birchenwald. Uh, she Buchenwald. Uh, Buchenwald. She is <laughs> the Jezebel of of all things. She is the most evil woman I think I've almost ever read about, and it was just I mean like she is up in the top ten of evil women, and I think that. A really good evil woman villain would do amazing in a movie because, I don't know, I think that some of the best villains are like when just like the woman that has this power, like the wicked. The not, a <laughs> not, not a woman. Not a woman. You know, in Chronicles of Narnia, like uh, the White Witch or even Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, like these really powerful women that use their powers to their fullest extent, and sh- this girl, uh, she would she ran a concentration camp with her husband. She was they were Nazi supporters, and I think this would play very well into this world. She would take oh gosh, this is and it's rough. She would take Jews and do like experiments on them and like flay their bodies and use their skin as lampshades. She's ugh. ugh. and I think that this could play very well into with Cronin and their connection past that life i think you almost want more horror than rasputin well, and that's and that's that's fine because there are more horrible things than rasputin yeah and she and just on a human level because rasputin's just like you know otherworldly i want to bring my gods in man <laughs> <What? laughs> i need more people <laughs> she like if she built like like almost like flesh golems i could just see her being terrifying as a villain oh dude yeah with with some supernatural powers she has all of the supplies that she would need and she's straight up demented like she is crazy yeah she is my villain that i would love to see just just shredded just absolutely destroyed so that is my villain if you want. All right, so I wouldn't, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. Reverse. My, mine, is, mine is light, but it's also dark, so. Would you Would you rather end on a uh, sort of funny note? Yes. Okay. Let's end on your sort <laughs> of funny right, note. All right, that's fine. So, uh, my scab is Michael Jackson. <gasps> he plays an undead lich uh, <laughs> that is played by uh, Donald Glover. Uh, and if you guys have never seen <laughs> the crap, show Atlanta, there is one episode, it's uh, season two to episode six entitled Teddy Perkins, which if you don't want to watch the whole series, watch that one show and it's amazing. But he basically plays like a Michael Jackson like character who is demented as fuck. <clears throat> Michael wants to unleash the Cthulhu gods on earth as a revenge for all of us judging his sweet and innocent love. 
and to punish ignorance. <laughs> you guys do. Hellboy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Unlock it. So Abe, Abe, no. His right hand is no longer Ilsa, but former Penn State coach Jerry Sandusky, uh, played by character actor Richard Kind. Uh, the bumbling duel will go about their schemes in the style of the Three Stooges, all bumble and slapstick, before Hellboy and crew finally puts them out of their misery. Okay. That's it, not bad. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. I mean, <laughs> no, it, no, it's terrible. But it's ignorant. It's, <laughs> it's making natural it, love. Making it very slapstick, though, I think makes it like, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. So I thought it'd be fun to try and bring in um, America's most notorious serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who built the three-story hotel that he kind of like dubbed the castle. And this the murder, was, was that in San Francisco? Yeah. This yeah. was the guy who built... Like trap doors, slides, false rooms, false doors, cubbies inside the rooms where he would sneak in through the walls, grab people out of their rooms, hide them, kill them, hide bodies, slide the bodies into the basement. He only admitted to, he admitted to 27 murders, but nine could only be confirmed. So somehow I see this man as, in history, he's already dead. So that's what's established in history. Mm-hmm. So it's either something like he has found a way, a culty, to sacrifice to keep himself alive, or the castle is just still kind of like passed on and people haven't necessarily found all of the ways to find all the secret rooms, the slides, the, all the dead bodies, the secret areas. So it can kind of be kind of like a, uh, kind of like a 1408 kind of concept idea. And if memory serves me well, he was found out because he kept on taking people from a temp agency. The temp agency kept right, on they wondering would, where they went. Right. They would like hire new people and bring it on in. And, you know, again, some people would die. But I would love the concept of the idea. And it some like, people t- would die. Some people would die. Hey, John didn't show back up to work. <laughs> it's so ignorant. Yeah. But to have almost like the combination of Rasputin's kind of like, you know, clockwork crypt, but combine it Almost with like the same ideas as the new like escape room movie, mm. but like you know the deeper, True knows the deeper, exactly what gets me going. The deeper the hotel Shit. or the castle goes, Shit. it was terrible. It was I'm a, a it sucker was, for it. It was like, fun. Yeah, it was fun. It could have been way better, but but I think that I think that'd be neat. I think that'd be neat. Like bring in this concept of the old serial killer. The hotel had been refurbished, maybe, but the legend is still there. So it's either him secretly still alive, or it's or it's his actual ghost. That they need to get rid of. I like it. Yeah. Mm, this is pretty good. Drew, what would you rate this movie? I would rate this movie. I would definitely give it a three out of four. Sam Miles. I, I I genuinely like Hellboy. I think it's a fun. I think it's a fun movie. Again, like like I said, perfect casting to an extent. The directorial from Guillermo del Toro, I think, is really great. It's campy enough, but serious enough to keep you engaged visually. I think it's stunning. I would give this a one and a half crushed. Cronin helmets out of four that we see in the film. It, it, it's a good film. It, it was new to me. Obviously, this is mm-hmm. my you know my first, but it, it was not uh, not, en- not enough to like make me just want to consume all things Hellboy and you know beg for a sequel or anything like that. It was like, hey, that was that was all right. That was pretty good. Shelf it. 
<laughs> Call me. The Good Samaritan holds four rounds. I would give it two out of four chambered rounds. The CGI is laughable and <laughs> atrocious, and the angsty, moody Hellboy starts to grate on my nerves, especially in the second watch. Uh, along with the constant and unnecessary whirling of Cronin's blades, like seriously, like just just kill, just kill somebody. <laughs> like you don't have to whirl your blades around for fucking two minutes before you you do with anything. No, with zero blood. <laughs> The story has some pacing issues. I want more gore, more lore, and mm. less sulking by the, <laughs> the main character. Less sore. Less sore. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Keep yeah, with the oars. I think that's a lot of, I think idea-wise, with Guillermo del Toro's stories and his movies, I want more lore. I want to know more backstory. Same thing with like Pan's Labyrinth. You have this beautiful story that definitely needed to be the paranormal fleshed out. Hitler died dying to like what nineteen fifty four. Like, I want to know what the fuck happened. I want more flashbacks. I yeah. want more shit. More information. Drew, where can uh, people on the interwebs find us? So people on the interwebs can always find us on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. You can search for us on Facebook at Real Feels Podcast. Check us out us on Instagram. You can also send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. And more importantly, people, you can get on there to the Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We'll love you for it. Honestly, we love hearing some good things. But uh, more importantly, you can hit us up on Patreon. And Patreon is always there for you. So we have a new Patreon segment. Okay. Uh, this is the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense Package. So this is not for the penny pinchers, my friends. For a cool million dollars a month, we will buy one of those abandoned nuclear silos in Wyoming. Your contribution will help us renovate and construct our real fields lair. Complete with full-sized IMAX theater, the installation will be fully functional and independent off-the-grid getaway destination, including sauna, steam, grotto-style hot tub and pool, a gourmet kitchen stocked the shining style with several months of high-quality vittles. This is the quiet place to go and leave your troubles behind. Indulge in our extensive library, video gaming vaults, Dungeons and Dragons salon, explore our secret passages and learn the secrets of our lair. This is... Sounds like a good investment opportunity. I mean, this is a great investment opportunity. It is is the highest specialized Patreon tier yet. It's just a million. Well worth it. One million. Well worth it. You know... Get your friends together. We'll, we'll need collaborate. the first few million yeah, yeah. to sort of get our feet. And, oh, obviously. Uh, get construction going. Right. And buy all the video games and the books we can. Yeah. <laughs> Stock cash, in the kitchen. Cash really, in like this, this is a project, if started funding now, I think could easily be completed by 2025. I was just about to say, you know, Caltrans, we could take a page from them and start work <laughs> well beyond when we're supposed to. And and then wrap up phase one, barely not even finish. And, and then just say, hey. Shouldn't you be working? No, it's a Saturday. And, <laughs> and you're allowed to go there anytime, except when we tell you you can't. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. It's just a million, folks. It's just a million. But hey, guys, if you cannot afford the million dollars, you can still check out our normal Patreon tiers, you know, starting at $2 a month. Getting on up there to $10, though, you can help pick a genre for us to cover or a movie because we still have officially right now three open spots. We need some movies. We need some movies. Those are left open for you. If not, we'll eventually film ourselves, but... This is this is your chance. This is your chance to influence season two. So coming up in uh, two weeks, we have epic western. Uh, it is, 
Jack's epic wow, western. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> it is your epic western. And then, uh, so a month from now, we have Nathan's heist film. Hmm. My spaghetti western research project has begun. Mm. Like Jack did his spaghetti right. western. Right. In my epic western. <laughs> epic western. I, I don't usually watch western. So again, I have made my epic western choice. However, mm. Twitterverse, Universe, Facebookverse, if you have a western, an epic western that you feel that I must watch or I may have overlooked, you may contact me at just real feels, G-I-U-S-T real feels and I will consider it. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to get what I give you. <laughs> and like it. Like and it. like it. And I'm uh, Nate Arar at uh, on Twitter. So reach out to me there if you have anything. I'm not on it often, but I'm on it. And I'm just always on there for the for the normal Twitter for the show. That's oh. me. That's me. That's me. So guys, thank you for joining us for this episode of Hellboy 2004 for our contemporary fantasy genre. I'm Drew, and you are the realist. And the feelist. Nachos. <laughs> Nachos. <laughs>